Welcome back to the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. I'm Dave Rowe. And I'm Jock Wilson. And we are taking a look at the final three weeks of the regular season as the Calgary Stampeders get set to, now they're going to the playoffs, Chuck. We just don't know exactly where yet. It's been a long time since we've had a season like this. Buckle up. It is going to be fun. It, it's going to, you know, and hey, even though the Calgary Stampeders won that huge game against Saskatchewan, and it was a huge win. It was. You know, it, there, as, as Dave Dickinson keeps telling us, nothing is decided yet, and nothing is decided yet. The Calgary Stampeders have a tough schedule. They got back-to-back against Winnipeg, and, and, and then they're going to, you know, get the free space on the bingo card because I don't think BC has anything to play. Well, they don't have anything to play for anymore, and they've and lost their starting quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. But these, these next two games against Winnipeg, it's, it's hard to believe. Here we go into the final regular season home game of the year this Saturday. Winnipeg Blue Bombers are in town. It does seem like the season has gone by yeah. rather quickly. I was I was a little bit surprised when you know I look, uh, you know, we, we get our little book of parking passes for uh, each home <laughs> game and all of a sudden I'm looking at it and I go wow, this thing is, is just about yeah. done here. So you come down and again meaningful football at this time yeah. of the year. This is something new for the players. I've been talking to some of the players this week and they are, they're fine with this. They're, they're excited yeah. about it. I think if you're a player, uh, you know, I mean, as much as in the back of your mind, you'd like to be home and cool at this point, the fact that, uh, and, you know, and the players say, we are now playing playoff yeah. football, you know, right, right now. They're good with that. I think the other thing, Dave, is this is such a different Stampeder team, you know, and, and, and we have been spoiled here in Calgary for the last number of years because the Stampeders have been the dominant team. And and, and let's just call it what they, they are. They, they've been the dominant team. And, and usually at this time of the season, you're saying, well, how many players, you know, how, are you going to rest? Is Bo Levi Mitchell going to play? That's that's not the case right now. But to me, this has maybe been the most exciting Stampeder season since I started covering this team, you know, and, and, and that's a long, long time. But even since I've been involved with the Calgary Stampeder Radio broadcast, by far this has been the most interesting interesting team uh, and, and and interesting storylines with this team because of all the changes from last year's Grey Cup team because of all the injuries that have happened this year this is not a dominant team but this is a team and this is a team that certainly seems to be you know getting their mojo together at the right time and will they finish in first if i was to, to be a betting man right now i'd say yes they are but i tell you what i wouldn't bet the house on it no no it's a, you'd be you know covering it with little side bets uh, exactly. around there exactly. yeah i mean you know the storyline started right to, right from the get go right from training camp as you say mm-hmm. when you lose a guy like alex singleton uh, who by the way apparently was just activated by the philadelphia eagles mm-hmm. so look for him on sunday night uh, love to see that on sunday night foot yeah i'd love yeah. to see that that'd be great there you go. That'll make Sunday a little bit more fun. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Alex Singleton, uh, one of many losses. Guys like uh, Jagera Davis, Lamar Durant moving on to Micah uh, BC. Johnson. Micah Johnson. You know, you're, you're wondering who is going to fill those holes. And then immediately that defense that was already decimated uh, as a result of offseason losses becomes decimated with injuries. And you're wondering, you're taking a look at that line, and you're going, how are they going to stop anyone? Yeah, yeah well, and, and, and just add to that mix – then you lose Junior Turner early, yep. and then you lose Essamura Burry early, and it just it just goes on and on and on. And now you've lost Corey Greenwood, and you know Winter McManus has missed a few games, and and now hopefully Trey Roberson isn't uh, going to miss uh, some extended time because of his concussion issues. It you know, and 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 yes, we can sometimes overplay the fact that it is next man up. But I tell you what, this year, I, I think that saying has really taken on a new life. Because who are these guys? There's yeah. a lot of no-name guys on this defense, 
but they're 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 not no names here in Calgary, but they're no names in the league. Yeah. And and it, it truly is amazing. Like if you would have told me at the start of the season after losing those players that you talked about off the top, and then all of the injuries, I I, I would say this team would be lucky to have a record like the BC Lions or you know maybe the Edmonton Eskimos because I just didn't think they were going to be as as good as they are. Given everything that they've yeah. been through, the fact that uh, there are in the, they're in this situation right now in first place going yeah. into uh, this weekend's game against Winnipeg. Three, three games left. Absolutely, uh, absolutely remarkable. So let's uh, start taking a look at uh, the way this season breaks down here. We'll start with the Stampeders back-to-back taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Bombers, I think the season for them has gone pretty much according to script. Everybody expected that the Bombers would be the dominant team in the West early simply because they didn't have the turnover that uh, that everyone else did. And, you know, they were they were the team that got out to that uh, jump in first place, but then unfortunately the injury to Matt Nichols had, uh, and they've come back to earth hard. Well, well, they were a team that also added Willie Jefferson, and Willie Jefferson just may be the best defensive player in the Canadian Football League. So, yeah. you know, that's why a lot of people said, hey, this defense is going to be good. Matt Nichols may not, uh, you know, put a lot of wow in his game as, as far as, but he's a good game manager, and, mm-hmm. and obviously he can win some football games, and he's won a lot of football games as the as the quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But they, they hit the wall when, when obviously Matt Nichols goes down with an injury, then all bets are off, and they've lost some ugly games this year down the stretch. And, you know, do they still have a chance for first? Yes, although they've only got two games left, where Saskatchewan and Calgary have three games left. It's going to be a little tougher for Winnipeg because, I, hey, everybody talks about ease, or, ease of schedule or difficulty of schedule. In my opinion, Winnipeg's got the toughest schedule because, obviously, they've got back-to-back games against the Calgary Stampeders. Against Stampeders. the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah. yeah, you know, given the fact that they only have two games left, uh, followed by the bye, mm-hmm. I don't think... Winnipeg, even if even if they swept the Calgary Stampeders, I don't think they finish in first place because you've still got Saskatchewan who have that three games. Right. But they have the ability to deny first place to the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, agree or disagree? The no, Stamps have to sweep and, this. And that would be the worst-case scenario yeah. for the Calgary Stampeders. If they lose two games to Winnipeg, Calgary Stampeders is going to finish in third place. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's not a good scenario for the Calgary Stampeders if they want to you know, be in the Grey Cup here in Calgary, Grey Cup 107 on November the 24th. So that is certainly the worst-case scenario. Could it happen? Yeah, I guess it could happen. Will it happen? I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I, a couple of weeks ago, I think I called, I said, Calgary Stampeders had five games left. I said they were going to go 4-1. and one. I thought they were going to win the Montreal game. They lost the Montreal game. So if they're going to go 4-1, four and four and one, as I predicted back in the day, I, I thought they were going to split against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now the, the Stamps, in my opinion, can't afford to split. They've got to win both of these games. Yeah, I agree. If you, uh, if you split with Winnipeg, you're going to wind up finishing in second place. And, and that's just, you know, the unfortunate way that, uh, that you do the math here. Uh, it still gets you a home game but it also denies you that week right. off and oh. uh, I, I and you know people we get the debate every year rest over rust uh, for that bye week at the end but you know any coach any player oh. is going to tell you that they want that week off and, and you know what's interesting Dave is I had this conversation with Glenn Suter our CFL insider this week on on sports talk with Jock I think for the first time in a long time this this bye week Heading into the Western Final is going to be, whether you're the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, whether you're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, whether you're the Calgary Stampeders, I think that extra week off is going to be a godsend for whoever gets that. So it just even puts that much more importance on whoever is going to host the Western Final. Oh, yeah. When you look around, uh, again, you know, you just had to focus on your own team saying, oh, wow, uh, you know, Team X mm-hmm. is the only team that's all beat up and ravaged. But then when you take some time and you start looking at injured lists around the league, you're going, 
Oh, oh yeah, everyone's in the same boat. And plus the fact that, you know, the guys that aren't on the injured list are uh, all starting to feel the effects of uh, of a long season here. So getting back to uh, the Winnipeg home-and-home home series, mm-hmm. starting Saturday at McMahon Stadium, uh, do the Calgary Stampeders at this point of the season with the personnel they have, do they have the ability to sweep? Yeah, you know, the short answer is yes. Uh, but am I confident they're going to sweep? No, I'm not confident they're going to sweep. And I think there's a couple of different storylines. I think the Stampeders, you know, have been very, very good at home all season long. So do I think they're going to win the game at home this weekend? Yes. Do I think they can go into Winnipeg? And if the weather is good, you know, they don't have a snowstorm that goes through Winnipeg, that'll be a very, very rabid crowd. And it'll be an important game for for Winnipeg as well. And I think the other storyline is, uh, when are we going to see Zach, Zach Caleros? Because I, I don't think we're going to I think he's going to be activated this weekend, yeah. but I, I certainly don't think he's going to play this weekend in Calgary. And and that will be a very, very interesting storyline. But I, I, I think out of the three teams battling for first place, the most fragile in my books is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So um, I, I'm going to call, I'm going to ride, ride the fence a little bit, but I'm saying 70-30, the Stamps, uh, Stamps sweep this, this two-game series. And with Winnipeg coming to town on Saturday, Dave Dickinson has hinted that he's preparing as if they're going to see both quarterbacks as Chris Streveler mm-hmm. and Zach Caleros. As you say, though, I don't know if uh, if we get Caleros in this game because uh, he's just been able to start practicing again after that long absence. And I don't want to go into it in too much detail here because this is a story that we've uh, we've covered a lot before, but... Neither of us, and not a lot of people around the Canadian Football League are, are happy to see Zach Caleros wearing a helmet and shoulder pads again simply because we've got worries about uh, about yeah. his health. I think we'll leave that debate there yeah, for no, this week. And, and the only thing I will add to that is, you know, it's it's not your choice to make. It's not my choice to make. It's it, The only person that can make that choice is Zach. And if Zach wants to put his health and his head, you know, on the line, I guess that's his his choice. So, fingers crossed, everything works out for him. Because hey, you don't wish the worst on anybody. No, no, you you do not. And you know, you want Zach Caleros to leave the game mm. with his health. But as you say, that decision is uh, is entirely up to him. One thing I want to ask you about, just in terms of of momentum, and and it, it has been up, it has been down. That Montreal game was a bit of a setback. But do you feel that the Calgary Stampeders? are getting better. Do you feel that they're getting ready to peak at the right time? I would say yes, except for the injuries. Seem yeah. to, every time they take a, a, a you know step forward, they seem to take two steps back because of the, the injury situation. Uh, but I, I will say this. I, I think Bo Levi, he made the one big mistake against Saskatchewan, turned into a pick six. I thought Bo Levi had an excellent game against the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He spread the ball around nicely. The running game is still a little bit suspect, but that's been the case all season long. Nice to see Ante a leader get uh, you know some nice runs there. They, they need more to Don Jackson. They need yep. more to Terry Williams. They really do if they're going to be effective. And and maybe they're going to even have to see a little bit out of uh, uh, out of Bo running the ball. And I know it's not in his DNA, and I know Bo has never run. Uh, Dave Dickinson says, hey, he's got the go-ahead to run, uh, but he's got to do it, and, and it'll, well, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. So Offensively, you know, we knew there were some issues with the injuries, but I think I think they're in. A, you know, Josh Huff has gotten better. So when you got Reggie Bagleton and Eric Rogers and Josh Huff, you're feeling pretty good about those. If those guys can stay healthy, uh, Herji Mayala, I think he has stepped up his game. Uh, so you're not missing Juwan Breskison quite as much. Uh, you don't have quite the depth with the Canadian receivers, and really isn't the key. You know, Shane Bergman, he is your best offensive lineman. Uh, Shane Bergman has got to stay healthy, and if he doesn't stay healthy, then they're in, they're in deep doo doo. 
as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no more trips to Market Mall for no. X-rays uh, no. during the game for no. uh, for Shane Bergman. But so, so that's offense. What, what do you yeah. think about the offense? I, I I agree with you. I mean, the fact that uh, you know Reggie Begleton and Eric Rogers uh, have been uh, all stars all season long. The running game has been inconsistent yeah. at best. It seems that you get a strong performance, uh, you know, whether it's been Kadeem Carey at times, uh, Terry Williams at times, consistently that, that needs to produce. Part of that is on that offensive line, but that offensive line in the past few weeks has sort of solidified into its current shape, and you know, I, I think that they are now capable of doing mm-hmm. the job to get these holes open here. Boat down the stretch, especially as the weather turns south, he has to he has to step over that line of scrimmage. It's not a no-go zone. I'm just saying, no one's saying he has to be Mike Riley and be a game-breaker in terms of running the ball, or even a Chris Strebler with what Strebler does when he's uh, when he's running the ball. But when uh, there's nothing open and Bo looks and he can see the first down marker, you know, on second and five, mm-hmm. second and six, run to the marker, hook slide, move the chains, keep the clock moving, keep the offense yeah. on the field. And in terms of, uh, you know, the Canadian receivers, yeah, Herji Mayala, this uh, this guy has become an exciting player to watch. Uh, you know, I mean, you didn't know what to expect out of the first-round draft choice in his rookie season, but his development curve, it's been forced to be ahead, and he told me this week, he says he doesn't even feel like he's playing anywhere close to what his ceiling is. Richardson Danny, capable to make it a catch here and there. Colton Hunchak, mm-hmm. we've seen what he can do, so those guys are going to be uh, contributors. Uh, you know, Ante Leader, uh, you know, the fullbacks, these guys are going to be there in the bit roles they need to be. But it's circling back to Bo Levi Mitchell and what he does with those yeah. weapons. No, and, and hey, he's the uh, the reigning MOP, the reigning Great Cup MVP, and you look at all the other quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League, is there a better quarterback in the league? No, there's not. And and so I'd much rather have that experience than any other quarterback in the league. I think Dane Evans has done a very, very nice job, mm-hmm. but Bo is the guy that's going to either take this team to the promised land or not. So so that's the offensive story. I led with, uh, with the offense, so Oh, you tell me about your defense. Do you think the, the defense is peaking? The defense is uh, is definitely uh, peaking at the right time. Uh, they cannot afford any more injuries. No. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's face facts. The defensive line has really solidified. Cordero Law, Derek Wiegand, those two guys have become the leaders on that. You know, Mike Rose, uh, all those other players have done such a great job rotating. And they've given this line the ability, again, to threaten with Four, which is something I know the Stampeders love to do on defense because if you don't have to scheme, if you don't have to bring five and six guys, if you could just rush four, whether it's four linemen or three linemen and a linebacker and drop someone back, that just makes you that much more effective at uh, at covering the field. Winton McManus has done a great job filling in for Corey Greenwood, Nate Hawley. Uh, everybody loves this guy. He's become a Calgary fan favorite in no time uh, at all. Uh, Jamar Wall has been through some adversity off the field, but he's going to be back with the team and ready to go. Trey Roberson, uh, let's just hope uh, he's a quick healer. He was at the facility this week after he left the game with a concussion uh, against Saskatchewan, but we, you know, we're hoping that he's going to be able to clear the protocol mm-hmm. and get back into action. Yeah, defensively, this has been the biggest surprise for me all season long because I, I just didn't think they were going to be as good as they are. And and it really is a defense by committee. They they don't have a lot of stars. Hey, Trey Roberson, I think is is a future star and maybe even a future NFLer. But other than that, you know who who is the star of the defense? Is it Cordero Law mm-hmm. at thirty one years of age? You know, is it you know Canadian star is definitely Derek Wiegand as as you mentioned. But there's just been a lot of nice. 
complementary pieces, I think, on, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, th- there's been some nice rookie stories like Raheem Wilson, you know, whether he's playing, you know, the boundary corner or the far corner, you know, I, I think that's been a really nice story. I think Royce Michi in his second year with the Calgary Stampeders, he has stepped up. We wondered who was going to be, you know, the starting safety, you know, for this team. So that's another, you know, really good feel-good story for the team. But but I, I guess, you know, I shouldn't be surprised because Brent Monson has been with this organization for a long time. He's the new defensive coordinator. And I tell you what, uh, the team hasn't really missed a beat. And this team is not about individual stats. This team is always about team stats and, and how they, you know, can force turnovers, get to the quarterback, put pressure on the quarterback, have the force fumbles. So, you know, I, I, I really believe uh, this this team uh, will go very, very far. Bo Levi will take them offensively, but, you know, defensively this team will keep them in every single game. Because look at the scores. Look at every – the team has been in every single game. They've blown yeah. out one team. They blew out Saskatchewan early. But other than that, the Stamps could have lost every game this year. They could have won, won every game, game this year. year. So it, it truly is amazing. But I guess that brings us to the final element, and that's special teams. This mm-hmm. is where the team, for me, has struggled the most this year. And I I don't think Terry Williams has been the dominant returner that he has been in the past. You know, obviously they've given up, what, five special teams touchdowns, you know, with their, you know, with their, with their, 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 their teams out there. And, and that to me is a concern because too many times games have been turned by inconsistent play of the team. So I guess if I have my, my biggest concern with this team moving forward in these final three games of the season, it's Mark's, Mark Killam's group. So uh, I think the pressure is going to be on that, on that side of the ball. And it is on the player personnel because uh, certainly, you know, we know, you know, Mark Killam didn't forget how to coach no, schemes no. overnight. It's not the scheme, it's the execution of the And that's scheme. where the depth comes in, right? With the injuries and everything, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, I say when you've got, uh, when you've got guys you're counting on as teamers that are having to be every right. down guys, there is naturally going to be some fatigue on that. And special teams is hard work. You know, you got to run well, down the field 40, 50 yards on uh, on on every team. And physical, play. too. It's physical. You're going to be taking some of the biggest hits that you take out there on special teams. But those guys, again, are going to have to find a way. Just one final thought to, uh, on the defense when you were talking about mm-hmm. it. Uh, Juwan Simpson was in town for his one-day contract retirement as a Stampeder. And I was thinking this defensive unit, it kind of reminds me of some of those units with Juwan that were more of the no-name defense, yeah. you know, where you didn't have, you know, the one huge star like, a, you know, like a Charleston Hughes, even though he was part of those units, or, or a Jagera Davis. It's just it's a unit that's working very well together. So I guess uh, the, you know, the short question is, is three games to go. The Calgary Stampeders, if they run the table, they finish first by virtue of yes. tiebreakers. Do they run the table? Uh, can I just add one more thing on defense? Yes. The guy that came in with Juwan Simpson. Uh, he's intriguing to me. James Botters came into town, and and he is right now a free agent. Uh, XFL he, draft choice. XFL draft. Wouldn't he look good in a Stampeder uniform? I just wanted to throw that out there on the Calgary Stampeder podcast because Dave Dickinson has told us that right now he's not interested. He wants to, you know, still explore his opportunities in the States. But I think, hey, you want to come in, play a few games, get a couple of paychecks, uh, maybe get some bonus money. Anyway, maybe I'm dreaming. I just wanted to throw James Vaughter's name out there into the, uh, into the mix. It's a beautiful dream. Okay, here's my call. Calgary Stampeders are going to finish in second place because I I said they were going to split with Winnipeg. I still see a split with Winnipeg, and I do believe they're going to beat BC. So uh, that tells me that Saskatchewan, as much as it burns me to say, I think uh, Saskatchewan does have an easier schedule. Yeah, Saskatchewan with uh, Edmonton, Edmonton, BC, or uh, Edmonton, Edmonton, yeah, Edmonton, Edmonton, BC. It's yeah. just they're they're split up. In the yeah, they, they have the home and home that, yeah. with the, with Edmonton, and then uh, they have BC, right? Yeah. So it's uh, it, you know it, it finishes up. They've got a little bit of a softer schedule. It pains me to say this because uh, 
I have to agree with you. That, uh, I think the Stampeders split with Winnipeg wind up in second place and have that longer road. Mm-hmm. As we'll find out, we'll do this again in three weeks and see where <laughs> we're at. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Exactly. So, hey, that's all the time we have for the Calgary Stampeder podcast. Thanks for uh, downloading, taking the time to join us this week. Remember, give us your feedback. Let you know. Uh, let us know what uh, you think about uh, what we are doing. And if you think my prediction sucks, please tell me. Yeah, it's a, if, <laughs> if you think anything about Jock Wilson sucks, please feel free to tell him. Hey, <laughs> tell a friend about the podcast and remember you're going to find us anywhere that uh, you get podcasts online. I'm Jock Wilson. I'm Dave Rowe. Thanks again for joining the Calgary Stampeder Podcast.